Catholic on Purpose is now the Bab to Catholic Show. Just imagine that every time we say Catholic on Purpose in this episode, we mean the Bab to Catholic Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Catholic on Purpose podcast. Today, we're talking about confessing your sins to a priest. My goodness. Join us. And there's no singing this time. Yay! <laughs> oh, yeah. Catholic on Purpose is a show exploring what we believe as Catholics and how we can live it intentionally. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share. We thought we'd start out today just kind of talking about our experience with confession, what that looked like for us, what we originally thought about it as we were looking into the church more in depth and how that went for us. Yeah, so uh, in our both of our traditions, uh, we were raised not with this practice. We did not know uh, anything about confessing sins to a priest. I don't no. think maybe from the movies. I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. I don't think I even had that much exposure uh, to what Catholics did or why they did it. Um, of course, there are some other traditions uh, that do practice this as well. Uh, but the Catholic Church is also often the one that you think about when you think about confessing your sins to a priest. So I, I think both of us were pretty skeptical, wouldn't you say, Aaron? Yeah. I think we yeah, were both skeptical coming so. into it. It's one of those roadblocks. I mean, you think about the papacy, you think about Mary. I think confession to a priest is high up on a lot of evangelicals um, who come to the church on their list of things that are kind of holding them back, making them feel uneasy. And just in general, I mean, the idea of Bearing your soul, literally bearing your soul to another person is pretty intimidating. Yeah. So uh, we, you know, all the common kind of misconceptions or difficulties, right? You know, this idea that no one can forgive sins but God. So who do these priests think they are that they could stand in place of God and forgive sins? They're also sinful human beings. So what makes them think they're so special? Um and then also, too, what about all the other Christian denominations or Christians around the world that, that, that don't do this? Are they just kind of, you know, out of luck or they missed the boat in some reason, you know, some way? Um, what about them? So I think all of those kind of, they're not, you know, after we studied and researched into the early church and what the Bible says, we found out that there was weren't as a substantial of arguments that we thought they were. Yeah. But definitely there, there's something to consider. And to not just blow off, because a lot of people have these um, either misunderstandings about a confession or trepidations. Yeah. I can remember when we did finally do our first confession. So as converts, you do a lifetime confession. And boy, if you want some humility in your life, do a lifetime confession <laughs> and write down all the sins thing, you have ever good committed. Good thing we didn't wait till we're like 50. Right. Right. Um, it, I mean, it's painful. It's painful. I remember walking in and telling the priest, like, I'm just realized, like, I'm, I'm just a piece of crap. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm bad. And afterward, Michael Jackson song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad. Um, uh, uh, afterwards he, I, I, you know, give him my hour long diatribe on all my sins. Right. We were very thorough, by the way. We, we both had long lists. Yes. Long lists. Written out. and Yeah. Um, and I remember him afterwards saying, see, you're not bad. Like, you're not a mess. You thought you were a mess. You're not a mess because 
Christ has perfected it. Boom. Christ has perfected all of those sins. And I was like, yeah, he has. Like <laughs> crying. I was pregnant did at you, the you, time. You cried? I did. I did okay. cry. I was pregnant and I'm going to bring blame it on that. <laughs> so those of you who know who have been following us know that she doesn't really cry that often. I do, so this won't surprise you. After my lifetime confession, which I had, we went to the same priest, and after it was all done, um, the first thing he told me to do, I think the first, maybe towards the end, he just said, after the absolution, and he absolved me, um, he said, "Now go and go to go to Jesus." And we had a twenty-four hour adoration chapel, so we could go physically sit in the presence of Jesus and thank him. And I just, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just couldn't hold it back. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and what a beautiful experience. I mean, I can remember even like the minutes before I was sitting over in the uh, the, the church and just the butterflies. I mean, just, yeah. oh, I don't want to tell them this. I don't want to tell them that. I don't want to. But then releasing it all and just seeing the serene look on the priest's face, like, I'm not here to sit in condona- condemnation of you. I'm here as as a shepherd of, of Jesus, appointed by Jesus Christ, yeah. to offer you His mercy and His pardon. Yeah. Wow. And, and I took my my <clears throat> pages. Okay, pages. Lifetime. Your novel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's what it felt like because we. I mean, we went in depth, and somebody was like, "Yeah, you have to write the number of times that you've done each sin." <laughs> I was like. I don't know how many times I've gossiped in life. I know nobody else does that. A lot. Yeah. yeah. I just was like, too many to count. Right. You know? Um, and then I knew, we knew that he could ask questions too. <laughs> like clarifying questions. I was like, I don't want him to ask clarify. me questions about that. And there were some times that he was like, asked me some clarifying questions. I was like, well, you need to know that, huh? <laughs> you know? Listen, Padre. Yeah. You don't need to know my whole life. Oh, wait. Yeah. 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 But I took those pages and I burned Burned, them. Burned them. Mm. And uh, I mean, what a freeing experience. Obviously, they had already been absolved and forgiven through the confession. But that physical Mm -hmm. sign to burn my sins, gone. They're gone. It's amazing. Into the ether. On yeah. forever. So, yeah, that's what we're going to th- talk about. I, I think, you know, we're going through a, a specific time right now where confession has kind of been limited, as well as the other sacraments, obviously the most important being the Eucharist. And now things are starting to come back little by little back to normal. And so, uh, you know, we're going to talk about and kind of encourage you towards the end to, to schedule a confession or get back to the confessional because it's just a place of victory. It's a place of victory over sin. And um, there's no need to be afraid of it. There's no need... Uh, to run and hide from it. It's it's one of the most beautiful gifts that the Lord Jesus has given to us. And I thought in this first part of the podcast, kind of the what section, we'd break down, yeah, what the church teaches and some kind of basic reasons why. Why do Catholics think that you need to confess your sins to a priest? Why can't I just go privately in my room and say sorry to God? Now, in that phraseology just there is it kind of betrays a misunderstanding. We can go directly to God, and we and should. You should. <laughs> immediately, right? you've you've committed some sort of a sin. Something's wrong. Immediately, beg our Lord for His forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness. Um, but two, He has established this sacrament for a specific reason. 
Jesus gave us this as a gift, right? And he wants us to use it. He wants us, us um, to participate in it, to, to receive sins in, in this kind of a normal way. So anyway, so I broke it down. Um, first, I thought we would talk about the biblical reasons. So if you're listening to this, you're like, there's no biblical evidence. There's no foundation for this doctrine in the Bible. Well, Buckle up. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> Here we go. So first of all, we talked about this in, a, in previous podcasts when we talked about the Virgin Mary and, and, and other topics that Jesus Christ established a singular church and gave that church, gave his apostles who were leading the church, his authority. And we see this in John chapter 20, verses 21 through 23. Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you, and skipping forward, he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Retained being not forgiven, right? <laughs> That's what we don't want, okay? Right, exactly right. <laughs> we always want the forgiven, not the retained sins. Exactly. And that begs the question. Okay, he gives these apostles, these particular people, right, this ability, right, to forgive or not to forgive sins. Okay, in order for somebody, in order for an apostle to forgive or not to forgive sins, that's a judgment call, right? In order to make a good judgment, you have to actually hear what the sin is. <laughs> so if Billy Joe, you know, Billy Joe's like, hey, Apostle uh, Peter, can you forgive me for this? Can you just forgive me for my sins? He's going to uh, well, you're going to have to tell me what they are so I can make it a judgment here. Because right. the Lord Jesus has given me that power, right, to be able to uh, forgive or to retain, okay? So there's one thing, okay? After... That we also have kind of evidence of this need for an oral confession of sins in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So, that confessing of sins, that oral, you know, saying it out loud can lead to being healed, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, very important to know that there are <clears throat> biblical foundations for this doctrine. It's not just something the church is like, How are we going to have some control over our people? Oh, yeah. Let's get the priests, you know, to say, you know, let's just tell them they have to come through us to get our, their forgiveness, and, and they can't just do that individually. No, this comes straight from the Bible, so that's very important. Um, kind of dovetailing off of that into the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, we're going to start with uh, paragraph 1444, okay, and then we'll end with 1445 on this sacrament. It says, in imparting to his apostles his own power to forgive sins, the Lord also gives them the authority to reconcile sinners with the church. This mm. ecclesial dimension of their task is expressed most notably in Christ's solemn word words to Simon Peter. Quote, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. End quote. The office of binding and loosing, which was given to Peter, was also assigned to the college of the apostles united to its head. The words bind and loose mean whomever you exclude from your communion will be excluded from communion with God. Whomever you receive anew into your communion, God will welcome back into His. Reconciliation with the church is inseparable from reconciliation with God. So there you have it. And we also had another scriptural uh, reference here, right, to when uh, Jesus yeah. is talking to Simon Peter and gives him those keys and gives him a special authority. And we find out later that he gives a similar authority, right, even though Peter's is singular and very 
uh, is different in a way. It's more profound in a way. Because sure. There's some right. other elements there, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. The keys, right? That he only gives to Peter, but he also gives that binding and loosing uh, ability to the other apostles as well. And we see we see there what that means, right? That's pretty profound. Jesus is saying, "Listen, I'm giving you my authority. I'm about to leave." I'm, I'm, I'm going to ascend, yeah. you know, right? I'm, I'm going to die, resurrect, and then at some point I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the picture. What I want you to do is I want you to go with my authority and be able to make these judgments, okay? Again, in order to make those judgments, they have to hear what's going on in the Christ, with the Christian faithful, right? What sins they're committing, what the circumstances that are around them. Are they sorry or not? Yeah. You know, are they just saying, yeah, I killed somebody yesterday, I don't really care. Uh, it happens, you know, <clears throat> it happens. Oh, do tick me off right? No, <laughs> that one's going to get retained. Right. I'm just going to say, well, um, not because of the sin itself, but because mm-hmm. of your attitude, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Your disposition. Are you truly sorry? Right. Repentance is necessary. Right. It's one of the key things. Um, so I, I also broke this down. So there's your biblical reasons and taking from the catechism as well. Psychologically speaking, though. I think everybody can kind of agree. This makes sense. Confessing your sins or, or saying them out loud to another person uh, psychologically would seem like it would kind of unburden you in a way and make you feel better. Uh, I'm taking this not just on personal experience, but from um, an article from the Scientific American. So you can look this up. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. But Scientific American in their article, Does Confessing Secrets Improve Our Mental Health? Okay, one quote from there says, There is very strong evidence that writing about upsetting experiences or dark secrets can benefit your mental and physical well-being. So they, in the article, they do talk about like religious confession. They also talk about journaling things that you have done and compared, compared the both. And, and this is kind of a couple of things they've come out with. They say in this article, one, that it allows us to think about and understand what we have done in a better light. Mm. So if we sit and examine a little bit, okay, I did this. Man, I wonder why I did this, or how I wonder how that impacted other people. Kind of shows you where you went wrong, right? Exactly right. So it, it, it makes you confront it again. So so maybe if you if, if you didn't have that confessional aspect of it or, or reflective writing about it afterwards, you may never go on to think about it again, right? And yeah. there may not be a, a, a healthy way to address you know a similar situation that comes up. Or you just don't understand your your own self and your own mental processes when you went to, to do whatever it was. And then two, we tend to ruminate about what we have done if we do not let it out. Oh, mm. gosh. Man, I can't tell you how that's the truth for Amen. my life. Amen. Oh, my gosh. If we tend to ruminate about what we have done if y'all we know, don't let it out. Y'all know that, that time in eighth grade when you said something mean to the person behind you and you still think about it to this day. <laughs> I'm not the only one. <laughs> You're not. Well, maybe eighth grade. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real though. I mean, it's. I think all of us can relate to this one in particular. You know, not being able to deal. <clears throat> one of the reasons why, one of the the impetuses that brought us closer to Rome, or at least me in particular, was this internal turmoil that I had with with sins that I was committing or that I committed in the past. And you know, I was raised with this idea that. Uh, that some evangelicals hold that once you accept Jesus as your Savior, once you have said yes, I want to, uh, Lord, I want you in my life, then from then on out, you're you're good to go, right? There's no nothing you can do, yeah. nothing you can say that could separate you from from salvation. Well, the whole, the, that didn't in my even though I tried my hardest to believe that, 
it didn't match my normal day-to-day experiences. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm in the state of grace. I'm, 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 I'm saved, but yet I'm doing these terrible things that the Bible says no one is going to inherit heaven yeah. if you're doing X, Y, and Z. So there was this disconnect. Okay, I've accepted Jesus, so why are, why am I not just heroically persevering through all this? Why am I not perfect yet? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, but I just couldn't, I couldn't make sense of it. Uh, but then it's like a, a, one of my favorite uh, conversion stories on uh, EWTN is a national all right, um, network, TV network, TV, TV network, international. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but there's a conversion story, and, the, and, and a guy with a similar experience to me said, what do you mean I can take a bath of it yeah, and just be done with it? That's awesome. you know. And I thought, exactly right. In the Catholic Church, we believe that you can just take a bath of it. Right? Yeah. You can take a bath. Now, that's not to be flippant and just be like, yeah, I'll just commit a bunch of sins. And then, or again, you have to be sorry. There's got to be, <laughs> right? I think some contrition, contrition right. is necessary. <laughs> I think some people have that misconception. Oh, Catholics, they just do all this stuff and then they can just run to the priest and oh, yeah. ask for forgiveness. That is absolutely positively wrong. You can't do that. In fact, if you are like that, you do not receive, even if the priest says the words, if you're not sorry for your sins, if you're just going to turn, you know, that's, it It doesn't doesn't work. Guess what? You added more sin onto your sin. Right. You just compounded (laughs) the thing. So that's that's legitimate. If y'all have ever seen the Baltimore Catechism, it's got like the, uh, like kids kind of going into the confessional, kind of a little Mm -hmm. picture. And it'll be like, child going in with without contrition and basically he comes out with the, all those sins still listed plus in, in like now this not really being sorry for his sins added to the list exactly. you know yeah so. so it just makes sense i mean we have to have that contrition and that's just not a that's not a fair thing to throw at catholics right because that's not actually how it is so and then the last section i, I wanted to talk about was historical reasons so a lot of a lot of, uh, especially Protestants, evangelical Protestants in particular, have this idea that, well, this is just some kind of weird add-on that the church slapped on there, probably around the time that Constantine came around and officialized. That's you know, probably about right. Yeah. You know, and, and that's when the church kind of spiraled off. So uh, just from doing a little bit of research, so Constantine puts up the the Edict of Milan in 313, which not doesn't adopt it as the official religion of the empire, but just legalizes it at that point. Remember, before that time, it's persecuted, persecuted, persecuted. So all the quotes that I'm about to, to tell you right now happened before 313. Okay, So this is the early church. This is what our fathers in the faith, right after the apostles, what they believed and what they passed down about this particular doctrine that we do need to physically confess our sins. Okay, So here's some historical re, uh, quotations here. So the first one's from the Didache. Around the year 70. So this is... This is the old Didache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Didache. <laughs> the Didache, which is dates back to around 70. This is this is incredible, people. This is first century. This is time of the apostles, right? I mean, this is towards the end, but this is right early. And the Didache, I mean, some people have kind of told me it's kind of like the uh, a primitive like catechism or yeah, yeah. what the it's church... It's a good way to think of it. Exactly. It's, it's not Holy Scripture, inspired Scripture, but it's like evidence of, of how that early church worked and believed in their um uh the rights that like they their did manual and, right kind of like thing. their manual like, it's just how like you do this catechism. it's just how you yeah. do this catholic thing here right uh, so you get the scriptures but you also need this to kind of help you out so from the didache we have 
quote, confess your sins in church and do not go to your prayer with an evil conscience. This is the way of life. On the Lord's day, gather together, break bread, and give thanks after confessing your transgressions so that your sacrifice may be pure. We have in 70 AD, folks, them talking about the necessity. Not the, if you, if you feel like it, if you feel called to confess your sins, but it's not that big of a deal because you made some profession when you're a younger person. No, we need to constantly be um, not being scrupulous and just wearing ourselves out all the time, but aware. Where are the times that I have fallen short and then confessing those? We also have, I'll give you, the, this is the second one. I won't, there's tons of them from this article. We're also going to post that. It's, it's an article just of collections of um, quotes in the early father from Catholic answers. I'll put that in the link as, or the descriptions below as well. So this comes from um, uh, AD 251. Again, before, right, uh, Christianity is legalized. Of how much greater faith and salutary fear are they who confess their sins to the priests of God in a straightforward manner and in sorrow make an open declaration of conscience? I beseech you, brethren, let everyone who has sinned confess his sin while he is still in this world, while his, con- while his confession is still admissible, while the satisfaction and remission made through the priests are still pleasing before the Lord. So that is way on back there, folks, 251. And that sounds exactly like what we have today, What we right? believe today, Confess yeah. your I sins mean- to the priest. And it's not something about how, like, the priests of their own accord, they're just so holy, right? Yeah. And they just, they're the only people that can, you know, there are many gods walking around and they never sin either. Now, these folks are sinners as well, right? And they would admit that. But the Lord Jesus has has called them, you know, as, a, as, as priests, as ordained priests, to be channels of that mercy, right? Yeah. Um, so that, you know, obviously they, they, they receive, conf- they go to confession. I think some people, one of the things that trip people up, wait, priests go to confession too? Yeah, they go to confession. I mean, you see pope, yeah. popes go to confession, right? You see Pope Francis quite frequently um, going to confession to, to other priests, right? So that's just three main things that I think we need to consider when we look at this that can be a little intimidating, this doctrine of confessing our sins in an in, in audible way to a priest. Yeah. So, so how do we do it? How do we live out confession? How do we practice confession in our lives? Well, one n- main one, go to confession, go. right? Go. Right now that can be kind of hard. Although I, I know several places are doing the drive through confession, which is cool. That's awesome. Um, we just recently did it and it was really easy to set up. We yeah. We were able and- to, to set it up with a priest now. You're not going to find it on Zoom. You're just not. Can't do it. You can't do it. The can't church has <laughs> not allowed that. It's just not a thing. Um, so as much as you're able to, try to to schedule it. We It had been several weeks for us um, this last time, and I, I wrote about it on the blog. I just felt dirty. I yeah. felt spiritually mm-hmm. dirty. <clears throat> Kind of like Pigpen and Charlie it's Brown, like a right? Film, yeah, right? <laughs> like just kind of that. It's uh, just floating around me every time I move, right? Um, and it, 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 I didn't enjoy it. So, yeah, I, we don't enjoy sin, right? But we just keep doing it. Yeah, we may think we do at the time, right? <laughs> yeah. And then later we're like, shoot. 
But when you're when you're thinking about going to confession, consider um, finding a confessor or a, a spiritual director that is a priest and can offer confession for you. I I don't have a particular confessor, however, I do go to a, a priest very regularly. That when I go in, well, one, he knows my name, which a lot of y'all are like, wait, your priest knows you by name? Some of you are like, uh, yeah, that's weird not to, but there's a lot of Catholics that could come in and never see anybody, you know? Um, but I go to this priest regularly and, and he calls me out, man. Like <laughs> I'll, I'll be talking about something and I, I tend to be kind of hard on myself and scrupulous and. He, he'll look at me and be like, Aaron, that's, that's not a sin, you know? <laughs> and, and sometimes you need somebody to be mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. stop. But they can only do that if they know you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and more practically, they can only do that if you tell them. So another reason why we need to confess our sins out loud to yeah. somebody instead of letting it ruminate, ruminate, ruminate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing to for when you do go to confession, you might consider using, um, there are several apps that you can get that kind of help you prepare for um, confession. I, we used to have one called the Confession app. I don't know that that one is still available, but we use Laudate. Mm-hmm. There's a section on there on, on confession. There's several prayers. There's daily readings, saint quotes, all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. Um, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. What I like about that too is, uh, of course they're called, what they're called are examinations of conscience. That's what you do before you go to confession. And, um, Aaron will talk a little bit about that later, but what I like about the Laudate app and other apps like it is there are different kinds of examination of conscience. Mm -hmm. So they're an examination for married couples. Yeah. So that might include some things that a general one might. I mean, there are general ones just for adults or for uh, maybe like a kid who's just starting out, like has done his first confession. And yeah. so for young children. So they're, they kind of run the, the, board the gamut. There, yeah. The gamut yeah. Um, but those are great. And I, I, I do take my phone with me. I, to the confessional, I just keep a note from that Laudate app and I go in First, it, the examination of conscience, it has you start with asking the Holy Spirit to examine, uh, help you to examine your sins, your your soul. And then you go through and it's like, just kind of asks you your sins, you check them off, basically. Um, and then you can like click the button and you just follow the steps. So as a convert, especially when I was first going to confession... I was still nervous. I knew I liked it. I, my soul liked it. Um, but it was hard to remember all the steps, especially like the act of contrition at the end. And so having that to where I could say, oh, what comes next? You know, it was nice. And I do still use it. It keeps me kind of on track. Um, I think a lot of people are probably like me that, if I d- weren't to have that um, structure, I would probably get into the justification game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I did that because, you know, I just needed to be mean to someone. <laughs> right. you well, know. you don't understand, Father. He said something really stupid. And so then I had to come back with my sinning. Oh, never mind. Yeah. 
Yeah. So <laughs> for me, it just helps me lay it out. Yeah. No uh, reason, uh, you know, no justification for anything I've done. It just says I did this. I wish I hadn't, but I did it, and I'm sorry. I really like some forgiveness, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another thing to consider too is um, starting a nightly exam. And mm-hmm. There, there's different methods for that. Most of them will start while you kind of. Going back and looking at your day, you generally start with thinking about the blessings that you receive throughout the day um, and then kind of move toward where you went wrong. Mm-hmm. Like Casey and I talked about just a little bit ago. Where you missed the boat. Yeah. where Which wrong turns you took where you, and how you can change those and improve them for the better. And then you, you ask God to forgive those those moments where you've you've fallen short. Now, if it's mortal sin, you can still ask for the forgiveness, but you need to get to the confessional uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like those. I like those. Uh, I can't say that I'm the most faithful about it. I have to mm-hmm. admit that. But when I do it, it's wonderful because. Yeah, it's not just about, okay, it's my time to beat the crap out of myself for what I did today. It's not about that, actually. You know, it's about. Let me see. Let me let me be present to where did God move in my day today? Because yeah. it's so easy for me to just gloss the, over that, yeah. you know, and jump straight to man, I, st- I stunk that up, stunk that up, stunk that up. But if you start with that and you're reflecting on how God moved in your life, even in tiny ways, right, makes you more grateful and yeah. thankful f- to Him for that. And then then you move into those things with a with an eye towards, like Aaron said. Getting better, yeah. right? Not doing that tomorrow. If you don't spend time reflecting on that, how are you ever going to overcome yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's precisely mm-hmm. what it is. And the Ignatian method for the daily exam, and I, I've done and I like as well, um, where you uh, you focus on the emotions that each, each spot of the day kind mm-hmm. of brought to you. If you did something bad, did you feel happy about it? No, you probably didn't, okay? And kind of using those natural emotions that you have as a guide for where you've gone wrong mm-hmm. in your di- in your day. Which which that really brings me to my next point, which is trust in God in everything as far as his forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Trust that through the confessional, the priest acting through God, right? It, the, the forgiveness only comes through Christ, right? It's not anything through the priest. It is Christ. Trust in that forgiveness. Um, trust in the divine mercy of God. Y'all already know my love for the old divine mercy, okay? But here's my here's what I like to do in confession, and if you would like to use this as well, okay? Copyright. When, when the priest uh, says the words of absolution, May all God, mighty God, grant you pardon and peace, and I absolve you, right? And he puts his hands up. Oh. I personally oh. <laughs> like to imagine the blood of Christ. I know that's a little bit visceral, okay? I know. <laughs> I like to imagine the blood of Christ dripping from his hands and yeah. pouring all over me. Yeah. Some of y'all are grossed out right now. I'm. 
can't help it. I mean, that's what it is. That is, that is the most concrete mercy that I think I've ever experienced. Um, you know, I think about a song that we grew up with, Jesus Paid It All. Mm-hmm. And sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Through that blood of Christ raining down on you in the confession, in the confessional, you are washed white. Not just like OxyClean, you know. It has taken it away so much so that you never had the stain. Yeah, as far as the east is and the west is how far he's cast our transgressions from us, the Bible says. They're gone. They're, They're gone. gone. Yeah. And we have that opportunity, and yet we l- don't use this use this time right now that we're going through, and now things are opening back up. We should not let another priest sit in confessional for an hour, an hour and a half, and not have anybody come. If you don't think you needed it. You need you it. You wrong. <laughs> I mean, if, I don't if know you how think, to... If you have that mentality that you don't need it, you probably do. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, you know, I know a lot of Catholics that the bare minimum is once a year, right? It should be more like once a month. I mean, I'm not saying that's what it should be as like an obligation. But, I mean, think about it. Like Aaron was saying about the filth and like, think about not bathing yeah. for a month. Put you in mind of Finding <laughs> Nemo when they make the whole... Fishbowl dirty? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. how I felt. I was yeah. just in a foggy, filmy, nasty mess. Yeah. And not that I... I don't want y'all to think, like, I went out and, I don't know, murdered everybody or anything like that. But but that's what sin does. Yeah. Regardless of... yeah. Regardless of what it is, mm-hmm. it dirties you. It makes you unwelcome in the presence of Christ. Mm-hmm. And regardless, and we'll have an episode about you know, sin and uh, the difference between venial sin and mortal sin and all that. We're not going to get into the weeds, but whether it's venial, so not as grave or, or or mortal, that venial sin, even if it's just venial sin and you don't technically have to go to confession. It adds I mean, up. It adds up. It makes you, it disposes you, like it, it makes you more inclined to do those mortal sins. But then too, one thing that we didn't talk about in this podcast is regardless of what kinds of sins you have when you confess, you receive absolution, yes, forgiveness, but you also receive grace. Mm. And it's grace that is going to empower you if you say yes to it, right? Just everything's on offer, right? The Lord yes. is giving you that grace. If you say yes to it, He's going to empower you to be able to overcome or attempt to overcome or do better the next time situation X, Y, or Z comes your yes. way. Right, and so if you're depriving yourself from this sacrament, you're depriving yourself not only of that absolution, which is oh, we all need, but also you're depriving yourself from grace that can help you to be a better mom, to be a better dad, to be a better colleague, to be a better son or daughter, follower of Jesus Christ. So don't. <laughs> yeah. The Lord Jesus breathed on His apostles, right, and He gave them this unique ability. So don't waste it. Don't let it sit there for not. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's it. Let's let's make lots of long lines at the confessional. Yes, I love that idea. I love having a stand in line at confession. Yeah, it's irritating, but you know what? I probably need to go to the confession if I think it's irritating, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but praise Jesus. That many people want His mercy. That many people want His forgiveness. 
Yes. Thank goodness. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I just, I can't say enough. Yeah. I, I love it. I know. So. And if you ever want to feel like you just took your springtime bath. Spring cleaning. Hey, spring cleaning needs to be spring soul cleaning. Yeah. Yes. You exactly. Get to the confessional. So yeah. this week, I mean, what? This month, this this coming week, this coming month, this summer, make the resolution yeah. to go to confession. And obviously there's a lot of things going on, circumstances, but make it to where you're going to go once a month. Make that your personal resolution. Make some once sort of goal for some, yourself. Some kind of goal. Yeah, challenge that, yourself. That I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. Make it concrete. Because you know, Jesus like, wants me to. Exactly. It's just like any goal. Yeah. If you just say, I'm going to lose some weight. Never happens. Believe me. Never <laughs> happens. Okay? If you just make some weird I'm gonna, out there goal. Yeah. Whatever it is. Every other week I'm going to go. Once a month I'm going to go. Three times this summer I'm going to go. Whatever it is. And hold yourself to it. Yeah. Because the Lord Jesus is waiting for you. All right? So, live this week, Catholic. On purpose. On purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of Catholic On Purpose. Until next time, please subscribe, share, and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. And may God bless you all.